Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 76 of No Credentials Required. As always, we are brought to you by Belly Up Media, an association locally in the 518 by Godzilla Media. Thanks for tuning in to episode 76 of No Credentials Required. This is the New York Jets draft review. So we're going to go all over... So we're going to go over things, uh, all things New York Jets draft with my friends Dan Goldstein and Kyle Rigney. Before I do that, I just want to remind you about our social channels on Twitter and Instagram at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. And we're starting to upload episodes again to YouTube. So go to YouTube, search No Credentials Required, hit subscribe and hit notifications. That way you'll know that new episodes are up. I also want to give a shout out to one of our newest affiliates, and that would be In The Clutch. InTheClutch.com. In The Clutch is a sports apparel store based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. They sell officially licensed gear for both the MLP, MLBPA and the MLSPA. So if you go to intheclutch.com forward slash no creds, enter the promo code no creds, 
in the promo code, you get get 10% off your order. Now, 10% off your order only is applied once per order. So order yourself some t-shirts and save some money. Save some money and uh, help out the podcast at the same time. So without further ado, let's get into episode 76 with Dan Goldstein and Kyle Rigney. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. This is the Friends with Ryan segment, only on No Credentials Required. And welcome again to the Friends with Ryan segment, where both where friends, both old and new, come to talk sports. And I'm bringing back my guys from the last episode where we did a mock draft for the New York Jets. I'm going to bring back my guys. I'm going to bring in Kyle Rigney. And Dan Goldstein, fellas, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm still living off the high that was this past weekend of the uh, Jets NFL draft, so I'm I'm floating in the clouds. Nice, nice. Well, before before we get to the Jets draft, let's talk about the draft as a whole. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to Kyle first, Kyle. Which other than the Jets, which teams do you think had the best and the worst drafts of 2022? All right. Um, so as far as the best drafts go, I think the Giants had an amazing draft. Um, I love, I, I love the majority of their picks. Um, I really think that the Ravens had a great draft. They kind of just picked yeah. up. It seemed like they were just going BPA uh, whenever a player. It should happen to fall to them. And um, I also think the Lions had a really underrated draft. All right, Dan, same question. I'll hand it over to you. Which teams had the best and the worst drafts of this season? I mean, beating a dead horse. I mean, the the Ravens did what the Ravens did, and they just essentially let the board come to them and and knocked it out of the park. Um, <clears throat> trading Marquise Brown for a first-round pick was just astounding. I can't believe that he was even worth that. But uh, apparently Arizona yeah, how'd they pull that so, off? <laughs> right? I Yeah, for real, right? Like So Arizona, Arizona decided it was worth the price, and the Ravens got to make out like bandits waiting, for, you know, just letting Kyle Hamilton and, Trent and uh, Tyler Linderbaum fall right in their laps now. You know, most people, you know, most people look at that positional value wise and say that it's a joke that they took a safety and a center in the first round and they're being universally praised. But they didn't just take any safety or center. They took the best safety and center prospects we've seen in probably the last five to ten years. So positional value be damned. The Ravens crushed it. And then they took one of my absolute favorite people and Travis Jones in the third freaking round of any of all rounds to do it. I couldn't believe he fell as long as he did. I was picking him in mock drafts at 35 and 38 literally for the last three weeks leading up to the draft. So that was crazy. Uh, Lions crushed the game. Can't can't hate what the Lions did. You know, they're, they're, they're definitely looking like a team on the rise. I'm not going to give the Giants all that much credit, really. I, I thought Wandale Robinson was overdrafted. I'm not a fan of Evan Neal. So I understand why they took who they took. But, um, you know, not not for me. Not not my style. So realistically, I think the Jets, the Ravens, and the Lions were probably the three, and, and the Chiefs. 
I think the Chiefs too ha- had an absolute phenomenal draft too for what it was. So those 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 are my my big winners from uh, from this weekend. Yeah, uh, for for me, I'm going to say that the the the, uh, the Lions, other than the Jets, the, the the Ravens had an excellent draft. The Eagles had an excellent draft. And is it any coincidence that the teams that Joe Douglas was on? Also had pretty good drafts. I used to be with. He started with the Ravens. He went to the Eagles. Is it any coincidence that they had great drafts, as well as the Jets? <laughs> I think it's a good point. <laughs> but makes, uh, yeah. yeah, makes us feel even better that we have the guy who we have, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. But yeah, uh, to, to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like Dan said, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be a dead horse here. But the, the Ravens had a great draft. Lions had a really good draft. The Chiefs had a good draft. Eagles had an ex- ex- outstanding draft, and they pick up AJ Brown, which was, uh, which was pretty incredible. And then he immediately um, paid him twenty five million dollars a year with fifty seven million guaranteed. Yeah, thanks for resetting the uh, resetting the wide receiver salary there, uh, Christian Kirk. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, bro, for real, Jacksonville. Of all the teams that re- of all the players and the teams that reset the wide receiver market, it was Christian Kirk and bro, the Christian, Jacksonville Jaguars for some Christian reason. Kirk, Christian Kirk's agent should have a statue built outside his agency for pulling that one off. Yeah, yeah. Um, he should be able to the, take the rest. He should be able to take the rest of the year off and just not even have to work. No, his agency. Not. His agency should be like, we'll, we'll pay you. Go, just take the yeah. year off. You were and, and the fact that the Cardinals picked up a third, uh, a number three, well, as going to become a number two now, wide receiver for a first round pick. Uh, you know, now with uh, Deshaun and that uh, was it uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins being suspended for the first six games of the year. Now Marquise Brown becomes the number two, basically the default number two receiver uh, for Kyler Murray in that offense. So, I would say he arguably becomes number one. True. I would say I would say because he's got the chemistry from college from with Kyler Murray. You know, they're both teammates at Oklahoma. I'd argue we say he's number one. Rondale Moore slides into that number two spot and AJ Green has to uh you know try and dig deep into the uh into being the AJ Green of old. So I'm looking at some of these some of these grades uh for the uh, that that were by uh uh, uh, CBS Sports is Pete Prisco. He is handing out grades for the uh, for the draft. He graded the Cardinals as a C plus. They didn't really have that. Well, they didn't, obviously didn't have a first round pick with Marquise Brown, but he gave the he he gave the Patriots a C minus, which was kind of curious, depending seeing as who he who he picked. I mean, he picked a guy who was he picked a lineman who was projected to go to the who was projected to go to the third round. Now, I understand the pick because Belichick loves offensive linemen. He's a disciple. He's a Parcells disciple, but at the same time, it's kind of a stretch to to pick a guy who's projected to go to the third round as the first round pick. I mean, I mean, Dan, you did a lot of grading of of prospects beforehand. Am I am I wrong to say that to assume that this was a bad pick? Look, you know, we don't know what these players are going to be in three years. It turns, it may turn out that Cole Strange could become a, you know, a, a pro bowler in the form of Ali Marpet, you know, a D3 guy from Hobart who became a pro bowler and he was taken in round two. So, I mean, maybe Belichick does know something that the rest of the NFL just isn't quite keyed in on with, with Cole Strange yet. But being said, I mean, it's just a poor use of resources. I mean, why take a guy at 29 when it's probably you could have got him in the 40s? Now, what I did hear was that there were a couple teams in the late second 
that were probably going to grab him if he was available. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he actually would have made it out of the second round. He was just an elite athlete. He had like an RAS score of like 9.6 or 9.7. I mean, the guy's mm-hmm. an elite guard athlete. <clears throat> and um, there's a lot of upside with him. But, you know, playing small school ball, it's going to be a big adjustment for him. So I don't – I just think – I mean, the only reason it makes sense is just to get the um, the fifth-year option for him. That's about the only thing I can think of as to why you'd want to take him in round one just so you have him for additional, you know, additional contract. But besides that, I mean, you could have traded down, grabbed resources, and probably still grabbed him in the 40s maybe even the early 50s, depending, you know, I don't know. But yeah, definitely was a, a strange pick, to say the least, and and, and a poor use of um, their, their draft capital. Kyle, what do you think? Who do you, you think had the, the, the worst of, of, the, uh, of the draft? I mean, I think you brought up two really good points with the Cardinals and the Patriots. I, I don't know a lot about Cole Strange, um, but... I mean, just from the reaction of everybody that I've I've seen, it seemed like it was a pretty bad pick. Uh, Sean McVay's reaction was pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> he's like, I can't believe we wasted time and resources to make sure he'd be there for us in the fourth round. Um, yeah, he he and Les Stroud, you could you could tell they're having a little, they're, they're having yeah. some fun. <laughs> they were making fun of Belichick in more ways than one. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought the Falcons pick Drake <laughs> London was really curious. Um, I didn't really, I don't know why. I wasn't a huge fan of London, although I did have the Jets picking him. I just had a feeling he would go there. I'm glad yeah, he didn't. Did. I do like Garrett Wilson a lot better. Um, but I had a feeling that they were going to get him for some reason, mostly because I thought that the Falcons would take like Garrett Wilson or somebody there. But um, I also thought they might go pass rusher with Jermaine Johnson, and that didn't happen either, thankfully. Yeah, I, I was I was very surprised that, you know, my 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 weird dark horse pick i guess you could say is that the falcons would have traded up if if uh if um what's his face was available number one pick i can't remember his name walker walker yeah if walker was available at like three they would have traded up with the texans to get him so that's kind of my wild horse but my wild very wild outlandish trade uh trade uh situation but yeah that would have depended on who the Jaguars would have picked that one. I also didn't really like the Vikings um, draft. Just the way that they managed their their trade. They traded with two divisional rivals so that they could each pick up a wide receiver. And I thought yeah, that, that was, was strange. They got poor value. Yeah, oh, they man, traded they down twenty. Value. They traded down twenty spots, gave the Lions a chance to get Jamison Williams, and they got less value than the Lions did in that trade, which is very curious considering the person that's trading down always gets more value. So that was strange to me. Oh, that, yeah, was, and the, that up, was the Lions taking taking advantage of a rookie GM. I mean, yeah. Questy, Questy's his first year on the job, man. I mean, you know, they put him on the spot and, you know, the Lions are going to make out like bandits and Minnesota's going to heavily regret having get, trading up for what they gave up to have to face Jamison Williams twice a year. And next to Amon Ross St. Brown, who was a fourth round Can't wait. steal. I mean, dude, Lions Lions got some Lions got themselves a little core going. Like, you know, no joke, man. The Lions the Lions yeah. got themselves a little core going. I mean, next year, play through the crappy year. You know, Jared Goff kind of hope he continues to suck while everybody else builds up. Grab one of those quarterbacks the next year, and the Lions could very, very easily become a uh, a contender real quick with Dan Campbell at the helm. 
I agree. Yeah. Yeah. That division is going to be interesting to see in the next couple of years with the fields in Chicago and Lions mm-hmm. being a lot more fun. Kind of fun last year you know, with those a lot of those losses being on the last possession or, or, or the last drive. But yeah. also the one thing that Campbell does. The one sorry, thing Campbell yeah. does is uh, not sorry. Uh, the the one thing that Campbell does well is he coaches up his players, and he believes in their ability yeah. to do things, which is what I thought was kind of uh, was kind of great because it's just you know it was just a lot of fun to see the Lions, especially the, the in week seven and week eighteen when they knocked off uh, when they knocked off the Packers at home, and it was a nutty game. It was fun to watch. For sure. I was just going to say, staying in the NFC North, I thought that the Bears had a pretty bad draft considering they didn't really surround Justin Fields with anybody. No, and they, they, they didn't have a first-round pick. That's the Giants. What are they doing? To the Giants. Right. Like, what are you doing, like, when Chicago? Like, do you really hate Justin Fields that much? Like, I mean, give me a break, man. I mean. And another kid, rookie GM. Yeah. another. I mean, what in the world? It's going. Were they thinking doing that? I mean, it was it was bad. I mean, if they then take the guy that they took, that Velas Jones Jr. I mean, yeah, the guy's a height, weight, speed freak, but he, bro, that was a fourth, fifth round guy all day long. Like Velas Jones would have been available on day three to take him over, like Sky Moore. Like, oh no, oh, oh you screwed, you screwed up terribly. They screwed up terribly. Yeah, that Cole was Komet, bad. Cole Komet showing little to nothing as a tight end so far. Darnell Mooney's a nice pit player, but I mean, you know, can you really count on him to continue to be a one? I mean, he's probably no. better off as a two. And then and they added, Jones, yeah, Velas Jones is lucky. He'll be lucky if he if he ends up as a four. Yeah, and they added Pringle, but he just got into some issues off the field, so I don't know Big what's deal. going on with him. Yeah, there's not a lot going on there the in hell Chicago. Is Byron Pringle. Pat Mahomes is five. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a break, man. They screwed up. I mean, Bears screwed up. Yeah. Bears screwed up big time. Lions should be Lions should be licking their chops, man. To me, the whole NFC North got almost theoretically got worse compared to the way the Lions are. I think the Lions are really the only team that truly improved. That's true. It's it's true. I'm praying right. we get uh, Bears at home to open the season. Yeah, that would be lovely, huh? That'd be oh, great. That'd be, I would just like to have the opportunity for the Jets to have to start out on a good note because it seems like every year since 2015, their schedule is heavy, loaded heavily up front, and then they just go and then just bad things happen afterwards. But we have to find out next Thursday. Who the Jets are playing? I mean, we know who the Jets are playing, but we have to find out the actual schedule to find out who yeah. their home who their who they're playing against in the home opener. And Kyle, like you said, I hope we hope it's the Bears. <laughs> yeah, somebody easy to get it, you know, just get it started in the right direction. They need to win some games in September, man. They haven't won a game since Sam. They haven't won a game in September since Sam Darnold's first game. So that's Rough. a problem. True. That's a but problem. NFC North. Look at that! Yes. Look at that! <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. All right, gentlemen. Speaking of which, we're moving on to our beloved <coughs> New York Jets NFL draft. Can you use the move button? You button button there, buddy. <laughs> didn't I? I thought I did. No, you didn't. I got the thing. I hit. I thought I went down. Did it not work? That's, o- that's, o- that's okay. <laughs> oh, 
Damn, I'm sorry. Is this not working? That's, okay. that's a problem, then, because I don't have... That's okay. You can also button. do it on StreamYard, too. But anyway, that's not that here. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'm going to switch over to doing it that way, then. There you go. All right. So, after all that, let's move on to our beloved New York <laughs> Jets, and let's talk about their draft night. Let's start with pick four, round one. The New York Jets select... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback, Cincinnati. Dan, I, I I know you're on you're ready to uh, ready to speak your mind already, so I'll let you go first on this one. What you uh, what was your reaction to this pick? Oh, I was thrilled, man. I was thrilled. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't really know if, if they would have taken Sauce this high. I'm glad they did because Sauce was my number two overall prospect, and I had in this draft. I mean, the kid is the kid is insane. I mean, his his college film is incredible. His, he's so sticky. He's so fluid. He's so technically sound. He just get, gets a little grabby at times, but I mean, that's something that can be coached out of him. I mean, he's, he's as close to a, he's as close to a perfect CB as a cornerback prospect as you can really realistically hope for to come out of college, you know, and at six, three, one ninety, with the arms, the arm length that he has, I want I think he's got like a, like 30, almost 34 yeah. inch arms. And like, yeah. He's a monster for a corner. His, Dude, his wingspan is like something like 80 inches. Like it's just crazy. Like he's he's got so much length and it is and he's so fluid and his his fit work, his footwork is incredible. And I mean, he's gonna be locked down. I mean, the kid's gonna be shut down. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be a he's probably gonna be a slightly above average league corner just to start his rookie year. And I imagine by year three, we're gonna be talking about Sauce as probably one of the top three cornerbacks in the league. He's that good. And I was thrilled to grab him. I was, he would have been my, he was my guy. I mean, I love sauce, but I realistically thought they were going to try and go edge as, as hard as possible. Yeah. You know, and, and at number four. So I didn't think that sauce was, was truly going to be um, uh, in play for the Jets. So kudos to uh, Joe Douglas and the whole Jet staffer keeping their interest in sauce under wraps as hard as they did. Cause we didn't start hearing the sauce of the Jets chat until about 48 hours before that draft. So, you know, that was that was fantastic. I love the pick. Absolutely love them. I can't wait. Can't wait to see him in green and white. Kyle. Yeah, I especially love um, bringing him in because they also signed Cincinnati's defensive coordinator. Correct. What what position will he be um, like? What will he be doing for the Jets? Dan, do you know? I, I think they brought in Cincinnati's DB uh, to be our. Oh, what was what did they bring him in to be? I think he's like our, he's like a, a he's like the assistant coach to the DBs or something along those lines. Gotcha. He's not Tony he's Oden. Not, yeah, no, he's no Tony Oden is the coach. 
Okay. I think he's like I think he's like the assistant to like Tony Odin or something along those lines. But either either way, I mean to have the continuity to come in there like that too For will sure. only help. So I mean this it's just it was a home it was a, it was a home run home run gigantic pick a massive a plus for the player the prospect and the level of talent he's gonna he's gonna instill in uh in the secondary for sure and like both of you guys i thought they were going kt for sure and then uh once i saw stingley get picked at number three i was like oh i was like i think this might actually make them go corner unless they already planned on it obviously it seemed like they already planned on it but i thought it made more sense for them to go corner at number four with stingley gone because more edge rushers were left for number 10 if that were the case like if they you know what i mean there were more edge rushers left for number 10 if that's what they wanted to do with that but i it's thought very, it made more sense it's very interesting to, to, to try and you know if, the, if we tried to play the hypothetical game like had had sauce gone instead of stingley who would the pick be because word on the street was it wouldn't have been cave on thibodeau so you got to think that if if walker hutch and sauce were actually gone at that point i don't think they would have went stingley I don't think they would have taken the chance on his injury history. I, I I think we would have been talking about Icky right here. Honestly, I really do. But I but I mean Icky, Icky or 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 Neil. <clears throat> you know, I don't think the the JJ talk was that serious at fours. But who else would who else would it have been? I, I don't I just, think they would have taken a receiver at four. That's what I mean. Like no, I don't, yeah. I personally or they would have traded or, or trade down. If somebody would have traded up, though, you got to assume somebody would have wanted the spot. So. I, I think see, they, I think they would have wanted to trade down. Yeah, I did see that Salah um, confirmed that, and and who knows? This could be just him saying this after the fact, but he did say that if um, the Falcons took Garrett Wilson, that they were definitely going JJ at number ten. So they had JJ ranked above the rest of the wide receivers in the class. Yeah, I saw that. I did see. I did read that too. That was fascinating to think. Yeah, for me, I, I was kind of I was a little nonplussed at first because I figured, all right, well, they're they're doing what they're doing, they're doing the Joe Douglas thing, they're doing the they're taking the best player that was available. Now I don't know if Stingley was on their radar or KT was. I mean, KT was definitely on their radar, but they had Johnson ranked over him, so they go over with the, with the ranking system. But the more I I thought about it, and the more I just kind of looked over at uh, social media and reactions from other fans and reactions from uh, the people who were uh, from fans and from media analysts alike, it, it, it wasn't difficult to find out, to, to see why the Jets picked Sauce first. I think they wanted to have this guy as a shutdown. He's he's their, he's their Richard Sherman in this defense. He's going to be the Richard Sherman in this defense, like he was back in, uh, like, like Salah had him back in San Francisco when he was a DC. Sherman was that shutdown guy that nobody ever threw to. And now the Jets have that. And that uh, I, I was actually pretty happy that we got him. But I got to play this first before we move on to the next pick. I just got to make sure we know what's going, who got selected first in the uh, by the Jets. <laughs> I like that sauce. <laughs> so Robert Sala was obviously excited. Exactly. You, you know, I, I, I put out, I, I, I don't know if you guys saw what I wrote on Twitter, but I said, I said, you know, every pick the Jets made, they celebrated. Like they acted, it was just such a, a high energy room. Like everybody was excited from Coach to, to Joe Douglas to Coach Sala to even Woody, Mister uh, Owner himself, Woody and Chris, Woody and Chris Johnson. 
they were excited too. They were happy to have every single player there. And I don't know if you guys you guys had a chance to see uh, uh, Woody Johnson talking with Sauce Gardner, but what Sauce puts in his sauce bottle. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty funny. Love All the right. pick. Love the pick. Was was yeah. just couldn't be more thrilled to have Sauce. Yeah, I loved it too. I do have a question for you guys. Um, wh- how do the cornerbacks match up now? Is it is DJ Reed going to be starting opposite Sauce here, or do you yes. think Bryce Hall gets to start? No, 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 so, Bryce, no Hall will be more of a Bryce Hall nickel, gets pushed back to CB four. Now Hall's too Hall's too Hall's too tall for the nickel. No, he's going to push yeah, back he won't to CB four. MC, it's it's going to be Sauce, DJ Reed, and then MC two. As our as our base starters, with probably Hall and Eccles battling for uh, the the top backup spot, which is great depth in my opinion. I mean, Bryce yeah. Hall played really really well last year. Oh, it's fantastic depth. I mean, you got Bryce Hall, who was actually who had a sneaky good season. Just you know, yeah, doesn't can't just doesn't get interceptions really because he doesn't turn his head around. A la Kyle Wilson in that way a little bit, but um. You know, and then Brandon Eccles is literally a, an athletic freak of nature that just needs to continue to get reps and learn the position. And I mean, that's that's high end depth right there. You know, I'm really more concerned. I'm really more interested to see how they deploy them. Are they going to relegate them to one side of the field? Or are they going to let them follow whoever their man go back and forth? And I'm so excited for the youth of this secondary. I mean, Lamarcus Joyner, he's he's the old head of the group, and I think he's like 29 or 30. He's thirty-two. Joiner is he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I thought I thought I saw it the other day, and it said he was like thirty or something like that. Either either way, I mean, he's obviously not going to be around for a long time. But this 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 uh, defensive back, the core is so young. He's thirty-one. Thirty-one. Okay, we we'll split yeah, the difference still, then. Oh yeah, look look at the age of every single every single corner on this team. Michael Carter. MC2, 23. Isaiah Dunn, 23. Brennan Knuckles, 24. Javelin Gidry, 23. Bryce Hall, 24. Justin Hardy, another old man in the group, 28. <laughs> uh, Jason Pinnock, 22. DJ Reed, 25. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose, who I, I suspect is probably going to be a practice player, 22. I, I think, I, yeah, he's a, yeah. But it's it's awesome having all this youth here that can develop, that can grow together, that can be the best. They can be, they can be an elite group in the next two next two seasons, maybe three seasons. If not, if they make the if they make the leap forward this year with with DJ Reed in the lineup and Sauce Gardner lineup in the lineup, this could be an elite group this year. Right, right off Jump Street, this could be elite. I mean, if DJ Reed plays like he played last season and continues that play moving forward, and Sauce becomes the Sauce that we all think he's going to be that's damn near two lockdown corners that you have right there with mc2 continuing to grow in the slot i mean who is you know average but for a rookie to be average is spectacular so you got to build upon average that's awesome i mean that's that's just awesome especially for where he was drafted yeah For for a fourth round rookie to be average is amazing thanks for real yeah thanks new york giants thanks uh (laughs) Appreciate it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm thrilled for this, for the uh, secondary. Thanks. Da- yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Thanks, Dan Gettleman. <laughs> Dave Gettleman. That's a D name. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. All right. So at move a little bit further into the, to, into the night at pick 10, the Jets select at round one, pick 10, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, 
Ohio, the Ohio State University. I can't. If I just say Ohio State University, I'll get yelled at. I say the Ohio State University. So, Kyle, I'm going to hand this over to you. Uh, I called this, by the way. Uh, this was a, Garrett Wilson was my mock draft. So, uh, I got that one. At least got that one right. That's true. <laughs> but um, Kyle, but Kyle, what's your what's your thought on the pick, uh, Garrett Wilson here? Yeah, uh, I love it. I like I said, I thought I had some strange feeling that they were going to go with Drake London for some reason. I'm very, very glad that Atlanta took them and didn't give them the chance to mess that pick up. Although I don't know if they, that they would have, but uh, yeah, I love Garrett Wilson here. Um, extremely fast guy. I Part of me really wanted them to go Jamison Williams though. I just think he has the potential to be a better pro throughout his like career. So um, I think that Garrett Wilson's, he was my second ranked wide receiver in this class, but I mean, I'm not going to complain. I'm really happy with the pick. Yeah, as am I. I think Dan would. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Good pick. Absolutely. I mean, I had I had Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver too, behind Jamison Williams, because I wanted I wanted flat out dominant speed is what I wanted in in Jamison Williams and um, the elite yak ability. So that's why Jamison Williams was my number one. But, I mean, Garrett Wilson has those things as well. It's not like he's he's slow and lumbering and can't handle that. I mean, he ran a 4.38 at, you know, just a hair under six foot. So he's, you know, he's got the speed. He's got the yak ability. And he's definitely definitely a, a perfect fit. Uh, for what they're going to ask for, of him to do, which is to open up the, um, you know, all three levels of the field to kind of keep the uh, defensive uh, defenses honest and let um, the running game, you know, kind of start taking taking more charge to allow uh, Wilson to get in, Zach to get in more of a uh, rhythm and um, <clears throat> have more favorable looks. So I think Garrett Wilson was an excellent pick. And, um, you know, I'm thrilled he's a New York Jet and he he looks to have I don't know if he has, you know, all pro superstar total potential, but um you know, I definitely he he can definitely be a, a weapon that could be utilized in many, many different ways to go along with Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios. The versatility that all three of those guys have and their abilities and what they're able to do is just gonna make we may have the most fun playbook in the entire league. Like and all, no joke. Like Michael Lafleur is going to have so much fun figuring out ways to get all these guys open in, in all these different facets. Like the playbook is going to be insanity, and I can't wait to see them get deployed. As long as he's still in the booth. Yeah, stay in the booth, Lafleur. <laughs> uh, yeah, for real. I don't think there's any chance of him coming back down to the field ever again. No, I That's actually, okay. I, I absolutely love this pick. For certain reasons, I would have also loved to have Jamison Williams here because of his blinding speed, but he's still coming off the ACL injury, and I know we talked about it in the mock draft, but to me, you want somebody who's going to help Zach Wilson now. You're, you're going to want to have, have somebody who can take the top off the defense and just explode for long pass plays. That's something the Jets were missing last year with the exception of a couple plays with court, with the, in the, uh, the Titans game, but you, you need someone with that kind of game breaking speed. I mean, he ran, he ran a four three eight forty, which is ridiculous speed. It's one of the fat. It was probably one. I think it was one of the one of the fastest in the one of the fastest forty speeds among wide receivers in this draft. Probably right up there. Yeah. Yeah. Jamison Williams said he would have broke the record if he could run it. 
Yeah, I would have broken the record too if I was like about 150 pounds lighter too. But <laughs> that's another story. But no, this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun offense to watch next year. Just with the with just with the addition of 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 uh, of Garrett Wilson. Yeah, Wilson to throw to Wilson. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I agree. And I have a similar question for the wide receivers as I did for the cornerbacks. How do you see these guys lining up? But do you think Corey Davis would be the most beneficial being in the slot? No. No, out wide. Because Elijah Moore ran a lot better out wide than he did in the slot last year. I think Garrett Wilson's going to run the slot, to be honest with you. I think we're going to see Garrett. And Barrios is going to be that gadget guy. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna see. I think honestly, we're gonna see. You're gonna see Corey Davis at X. We're gonna see Elijah at Z, and we're gonna see. Um, what's it called? We're gonna see Garrett Wilson probably in the slot quite a bit. That's that's kind of the way I I, I envision things. But the good thing, Corey Davis don't play the slot. That's that's not up to his skill set. He's he's strictly an outside wide receiver with his height and weight. He's he's got to stay at the X position. So, um, I, I see the good. That's the good thing about Garrett Wilson, though, is he could play. Garrett Wilson's like Elijah Moore in the fact that he they theoretically could play all three positions, you know, even though they're slightly smaller, where you want your X guy to be more of a bigger, you know, taller guy. That's ideally it's what you want Denzel Mims to be. Right. You know, if ideally we would love for Denzel Mims to somehow just have a resurgence and become become our X receiver of the future. Um, you know, that big, tall, speedy guy who can do contested catches and you know, that kind of thing. But I, I definitely see uh, Garrett Wilson probably playing in the slot quite a bit more so that they can utilize his fast twitch releases and his, his yak ability. And um, that's 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 kind of how I see it. And and the fact that the Jets picked up Wilson kind of just put the put the rest, the whole Debo Samuel thing. I know we talked about it before we went to our mock drafts the last episode. Uh, reportedly, the Jets were willing to give up pick 10 and a fifth rounder for Debo Samuel. And the and the 49ers obviously wanted a lot more. No, the 40, they wanted the second rounder back with from the 49ers with Debo. Oh. Okay. I, I, I saw different I saw differently from Grind yeah. Costello from New York Post. I must have read that wrong then, but still. Yeah, it was 10th yeah, and the fifth rounder for Debo and San Francisco's second. So they wanted the pick swap. And San Francisco mm. didn't want to do the pick swap. San Francisco wanted to keep the second rounder and get rid of Debo. That was equivalent to the 13th overall pick, the way the points leered out. And yeah. San Fran wanted more. Right. Well, have fun with that holdout situation. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much enjoy, so, enjoy trading them during the offseason and not having the assets to use till next till next draft. Yep. Sorry, John so, Lynch. Or potentially chance. him sitting out this whole year. Yep. That'll you had your chance. Too. At we turn to another week, Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah, at least until week 10. And then he comes back so he can get his accrued season in. All right. So moving Crazy. on from moving on from here. Again to a little bit later in the night. We see some fun picks. We see some fun picks going. We get to the twenties. We get to the we actually get to the uh we get to the twenties and Buffalo is there. Jermaine Johnson's name is still out there. Buffalo's on the clock. I would have been physically ill. If Jermaine Johnson went to the Bills <laughs> and was the edge rusher alongside Von Miller, I I would have been physically ill. Thankfully, they didn't take him. They took Elam from from Florida. Dallas is on the clock. They take a tackle who commits too many holding penalties, and then something interesting happens. 
the New York Jets are back on the clock because of a trade that sent the 35 and I think 100 and 101. It was 35, 39, and 163 for 26 and 101. We could have had so much fun with 69. Dang. Oh, well. Opportunity squandered. Well, it might have been. But Jets trade back into the first round. And their selection, Jermaine Johnson, defensive end, edge from Florida State. Dan, I know you're dragging at that point. (laughs) We pretty much all were at this point in the night. Give us your give us your feeling about what uh, about this pick. Oh, I mean, they, they hit it out of the park. I mean, this was you know they did you know they did great with Sauce. They did great with Garrett. I mean, if they if, and if that was all they came away with, you know, I, we would have called this a successful first round. You know, they would have infused mm-hmm. a lot of talent, but. You know, then a lot of talk is like, well, what do the Jets do in round two? Just, you know, do they take one of the edges that fall? Joe Douglas says, screw that. Like, I'm not sitting back. I'm not waiting. We've been hoarding all this capital for this reason, and that's to make sure I can go get my guys. And he jumps up, finds a willing trade partner all the way at 26, no less. I mean, he said he was trying for 15 on and yeah. finally got somebody willing to take the deal at 26. So it's just pure dumb luck that the rest of the NFL decided to skip over him for whatever the myriad of reasons that they they may have had character a non-scheme fit age, you know, who, who gives a shit really ultimately it worked out so well in the jets favor for Jermaine Johnson to come in. Cause this dude is a absolute monster. I mean, we're talking, you know, six, four and a half, 260 pounds with 35 inch arms, you know, and, and just four, five, eight speed. Four five yeah yeah right exactly oh. four four five eight speed to go along with somebody that's six like I said six what six four and a half and two hundred and sixty pounds with that six, kind five, of length yeah. bro that's that's damn near an edge rusher you'd want to build in a lab if, if yeah. you do it you know so and he's a perfect fit for the wide nine because he has the speed he has the power he has the bend that's his game that's what he does so if to be in a wide nine scheme like what Robert Sala is going to deploy. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna absolutely feast on right tackles. Like there's there's not gonna be many, if any, right tackles in the league. They're gonna be able to consistently handle his speed to go along with his power, to go along with his move repertoire. That's the other thing too. He has hands down the best pass rush move repertoire of anybody else in, in this draft. Better than Hutch, better than KT, better than Mafe, better than Abiketti, better than Walker. He has the tools down. The downside is took him a little while to get where he is so he's slightly older prospect he's 23 going almost 24 when the season starts and yeah i mean there's oh, some geez, put him in a home right now yeah, yeah. right yeah <laughs> you know, god forbid you know and then and then he has a little bit of character concerns you know the way he he had to come up and, and do what he did you know word on the street was he didn't interview well with a lot of teams you know he, his personality put some people off but clearly joe douglas and robert Sala didn't feel that way whatsoever and um I mean, that was, that was the, to me, that's, I don't see how you call that not the steal the first round. Like, I just, I just don't see it. I mean, you know, he, he was, he was in the, he was the eighth ranked player on the Jets board or, you know, they call it in the top eight, but you got to figure he's probably the eighth ranked player on that board. So to get three of your guys in the top eight 
at 4, 10, and 26. I mean, that's an A+. Plus. That's an A+. Plus. And that's why we hoarded all this draft capital between Jamal Adams and Sam Darnold and all these Chris Herndon and all these little deals that were made by Trader Joe to allow us to Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready to make a move like this without sacrificing, you know, other at at other spots. And it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I'm thrilled to have him. And he's going to, he's going to just destroy, he's going to destroy worlds. Kyle. Yeah, I'm definitely, I I concur. I'm very excited about the pick. Uh, I had a couple of friends asking me if I was nervous, why he was falling, like while he was falling, like, during right. the teens and the early 20s and stuff like that. They're like, why do you think he's falling? Like, do you think something happened? Like, did something come up in his medicals or something like that? And I'm like, I'm I'm actually not that worried considering there's no other, like, edge guys that were supposed to be drafted after him getting drafted before him right now. It just seemed like people stopped drafting edge for whatever reason at that point in the draft. So I was happy to see him fall. And ever since pick 20, I was like, come on, Jets, come back up and get this guy. And luckily, yeah. they did six picks later. Yeah, I was praying that would happen. I said, like, why didn't they take him at 10? Why didn't they take him at 10? Well, apparently, there's a plan in place to try to go back into the first round, which Joe Douglas pulled off. Because, as you know, gentlemen, Trader Joe's, it's always open. Always, always, always open. open. It's always, always open. open. And they played that clip on Jets Twitter saying, yeah, we get we're we're – we're on the effing. He hangs up the phone to Titans. He says, "We're on the effing clock. We're on the effing clock." And he hugs Salah. And I was like, "Oh, oh." So, I would kill. I would kill to be able to be in a draft room just one I year. Know. I, I want to know what goes on in that room. I want to see the draft board. I want to know all the negotiations between picks. I would uh, love to be there. That would have been if I was a Make a Wish kid. That would have been my wish. <laughs> yeah. Right? How amazing would that have been? Yeah. Just to be in yeah. that Jets draft room. That would just be a dream, absolute dream come true. Oh, with all that, all that energy. I mean, as I, as I mentioned before, I said, I, you know, just seeing everybody get their, just everybody in that room, just elated that they got their guys. You, you just know, you just know something, something good is happening at one Jets Drive in Florham Park, New Jersey. Truth, truth. It just, it does. It feels, it feels different. Like everything just feels the last year between last year and this year. Like it just feels different. Like there's just a, there's just the aura and the energy around the team is just way different than years past, and um, it, it's just it, it's blatantly obvious to anybody that actually takes a chance, you know, that that actually takes a look, and um, 
you know, I think this is going to be this draft right here. If, if it all comes to fruition, is going to be the one where we're really going to be able to say, like, this is where Joe Douglas finally put a stamp and said, this is now officially my squad. Like yeah. this, this is it. Like the, the, the mistakes of, of GM's past is now officially wiped out. There's not a single starter from the 2019 offense that's still even on this team. And that's the insane part. It's like it's to see the turnover that happened from 2019 all the way up till now, seeing the potential starters on this team and, and the lineup they're going to have, not just not just starters, but also depth, the depth that they have at quarterback and running back and wide receiver and offensive line, t- tight end, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. But this is this is not not only just a, a shift in better talent but also a shift in culture because of what Salah's put in place as a coach what Douglas has put in place as GM and what they're expecting to, to do with a lot of these players and how they're going to make this team I say within the next two two seasons a, a playoff contender I I, yeah. I think I don't even think you can say within two seasons I think you gotta there's no playoff mandate on this season this season's no. just like Take this, like, let Zach take the step, let everybody kind of continue to buy into the system and, and everything like that, and just be competitive towards the end of the year. I mean, if, yeah, great, the, playoffs, if you, the playoffs would be a pleasant surprise, right? Exactly. Like, if yeah. you make the playoffs, that'd be excellent because the AFC is loaded. So, to in order yeah. for the Justice to somehow squeak in at the six or seven seed would be incredible, but it's not, it's not. Again, it's not the expectation for this year. It's just be yeah. be playing meaningful games towards the end of the year. Have week fifteen and sixteen and seventeen actually mean something. Be in the hunt. Yeah, that's I was just gonna say is. that that's that's the graphic I want to see to consider it a success. Is I just want right. to see New York Jets in the hunt in December. Right, that exactly. And that's time, all. Yeah. That's all you want to see them win some freaking games in September, which will allow them to be in the hunt come December. That's all we want to see from this. This, I mean, that's that's what most realistic Jets fans should want to see yep. going into next year. And then, twenty twenty three, that's when. All right, now you gotta like we're playoffs that time. Yeah, now you now you gotta like actually like get you gotta stop the drought. Like, you know, because if we don't make it this year, it'll be twelve years going. And then now now you gotta stop the drought. Like now you gotta you gotta get over the hump. You know, yeah. and you and, can't Marvin Lewis it either. You can't just get there and then stop. No, no, <laughs> you, gotta, you can't like, get in and then, you gotta, and then like, no, keep no, it going, no. right? You got to keep yeah. it going. No, and, I've and seen these, a bunch of I've seen a bunch of fans on Twitter already kind of saying, uh, "Okay, this roster is is built now." Uh, Zach Wilson gets two years. If Zach Wilson can't put it together and take this team to the playoffs in two years, then we will find a competent veteran quarterback that will take us there. This is a big season for Zach. Because there's literally no excuses regarding his talent level that he can use at this point, barring massive, you know, massive injury luck, knock on, knock on wood, or, or un, unluck. That, that I don't know the word uh, for it. Misfortune. But, okay, that, that'll yes. work. Thank you, thank you. Barring massive injury misfortune again for the Jets, that um, you know he, he doesn't have like the built-in excuses like you have a wide receiver court that's deep and talented you have running backs who will start talking about this here shortly that are insanely talented and perfect fits for what you need to do you have a tight end room that is completely revamped and can do anything and everything from blocking to 
seam to running the seam to running in the flats to you know just in the red zone so it's all on zach and if the jets falter because of zach it would not surprise me to see them move on after the season because 2023 is absolutely loaded with quarterbacks i mean loaded i don't know if you guys have I've already done three 2023 mock drafts myself because, you know, again, I'm insane. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. you need a hobby because <laughs> yeah, I need a hobby. But um, but it's loaded like there's legitimately six quarterbacks that could go in the first round next year and then deservedly so. So, I mean, like, it's, it's, there's a lot riding on Zach for this. Like, they will not, I don't think Joe Douglas or Robert Saw will hesitate if Zach falters and fails with all the talent around him and they end up with a decent pick next year to say, you know what? We're washing our hands of you. We'll trade you for a conditional fourth or fifth to get you off the roster and we're grabbing, you know, this player right here, you know, what, depending on, you know, whatever pick we're at next year, if it's, you know, high up there. Because literally, like, there's probably going to be four quarterbacks that go in the top eight or ten next next year, easy. Well, well, it's funny you say you say move on from Zach Wilson if he doesn't do the job this year in 2023. Well, funny enough, there's another J, there's another BYU quarterback who's one of the top NFL prospects for 2023, and <laughs> Jaron Hall. So it's true. You know, Bryce you know, Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, it's Spencer a Rattler. It's, yeah. It's it's a it's a loaded it's a there's a lot of loaded ability if they if if they all play up to their potential college football is going to be fun as hell to watch next year, and and I mean, you know Zach's just got to come through, man. Zach's got to come through. I mean, it sucks to I mean it sucks to feel like he only has kind of a two year leash, if you will. I mean, you gave him the pass on the rookie season. It is what it is, but yeah. um, you know if everybody stays healthy, Zach's gotta Zach's gotta be a minimum i think minimum zach's gotta be at 3200 yards and probably 20 touchdowns and at least a two to one you know touchdown to inner inner interception ratio i think that's got to be the the bare minimum to be expected with this roster yeah and the first three picks of this draft make the team exponentially better but then we move on to friday and that's where things get really interesting because again trader joe's it's always open they move back from they move up from thirty eight to thirty six. Now they had lot they had traded the thirty five away to Tennessee, but they trade spots with their crosstown brethren in the New York Giants, and they select out of Iowa State running back Brees Hall. Now I gave myself pause for a second because I was kind of curious at the pick. I wasn't sure if this was just a a roster move just for exclusively for depth, or if they were trying to beat some other team to the punch. It, as it turns out, Brees Hall uh, is Dan Goldstein's daddy. Uh, true. <laughs> so, true. so, Kyle, I'm going to talk to you first. What did you think when you saw that pick? What were your what were your thoughts? Well, when I first saw it, I was just like, "Wow, this dude looks exactly like Dan," and um, <laughs> and I was like, "They might be uh, related." No. Um, <laughs> When I had first seen it, like going into the second round, um, I was talking to a couple of my friends and I was like, I hear some rumors that they might take Brees Hall. I was like, I think it's a luxury pick. It really feels like a luxury pick. I don't know that the Jets should be making luxury picks. Uh, I'd love it if they grabbed a linebacker. Yeah, I was part of the linebacker group that 
saw a linebacker was necessary. Um, however, mm-hmm. they made the pick. I'm happy about the pick. I'm very, very excited to see this man play football. Uh, his spin move is maybe the most flawless, like smoothest spin move I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't know if smoothest is a word, but it's like watching a figure skater. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful for the lack of yeah. a better term. It's beautiful. And I'm, it's I'm very, very excited to see him do that in green and white. As am I, as am I, I watched Baldi's breakdown of, I told you guys to watch on text. I said, yo, watch this break, watch Baldi's breakdown of Brees Hall. And I, I watched it and now I get it. And now I understand why. Cause initially when I was on belly ups, uh, belly up sports is a uh, 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 draft, uh, a, a draft show going live. You know, every, seems like every, every, guy there was kind of like why are they just making this pick why are they just just making this pick and i watched all these breakdowns and now i know why they make, they make the pick <laughs> so dan dan ugh, I'm turning into a man here dan uh, obviously you are a big fan of the pick judging from your uh from your from your name right there uh what was your reaction to bryce hall uh, Brees hall Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, Brees Hall uh, being taken at 36. I mean, it was so far out of left field because, you know, Michael Carter was great for what he did last season. And you didn't think you needed to really improve upon him. I think you just wanted, you just kind of hoping the Jets would compliment on him. So me and Mm. pretty much, I imagine 99.9% of Jets fans expected a day three running back that would just compliment his skill set. But there was no doubt that Brees Hall is hands down the running back one of this class. And he has everything in his arsenal. He is he is a flawless prospect as a running back. There is no weakness to his game. And in in years past, Brees Hall would have been a top five pick when before the running back got, you know, devalued by the by the the modern NFL. So percent. You know, th- this dude is an absolute monster. I mean, we're talking. I mean, what, he, how tall is he? He's what, 5'11, I think. 5'11, yeah. 5'11, 217. Runs a 439 40. 100th slower. Think just a hair slower than Garrett Wilson. Right. And with with <sighs> 20, almost 30 pounds heavier than Garrett Wilson. Almost, yeah. almost thirty pounds heavier than Garrett. Well, actually, no, he is thirty pounds heavier. Never mind. With almost forty pounds heavier than Garrett Wilson, he's thirty-five pounds heavier than Garrett Wilson. With a tenth slower, at slightly shorter. I mean, the dude's a monster. His vision, his patience, his pass blocking, his hands, his footwork, his cut ability—it's it's top notch. It's it's absolutely top notch. He has the patience of prime Le'Veon Bell. He has the hands of prime Le'Veon Bell. He has the speed of Derrick Henry. He has the vision of Jonathan Taylor. I mean, if you were to build—I'm going to go back to the analogy again. If you were going to build a running back in a lab, you would put what you would come out with is Brees Hall. 
Like that's what you would come out with. You would come out with a guy that is an absolute monster between the tackles, in the zone, through the gaps, on the wide. He can outrun you into the corner. He can he can bully you through, you know, up to the A gap, the B gap, whatever it is that you're trying to stop him. He can juke you out of your shoes. I mean, he's not quite Barry Sanders, you know, let's be serious. But I mean, if you watch some of the highlights, I mean his his start stop ability is is second to none. It's it's second to none. I mean, what I'm I am 100 percent confident in this that Brees Hall is going to be a top three running back in this league by the end of his second season. He will be a top three running back in this league. And now to have Michael Carter be able to come in for his 10, 12, 13 carries, 13 touches a game to help spell him. I mean, it, how do you stop them? I mean, how do you stop them? I, I just I just don't see it behind the offensive line that Joe Douglas and the Jets have put together. It's just going to be it's just going to be uh, insane. It's going to be insane. And he he's I don't I don't know if I consider it a luxury. It was more of just like. It's more of just like you didn't expect them to try and upgrade it this heavy. You knew the Jets were going to take a running back. But again, you just figured it was going to be a day three guy that's more of a compliment to to Mike to Michael Carter, you know, a Damian Pierce type guy or a P- Pierce Strong kind of kind of uh, uh player. You know, or, somebody or, or Wilson's teammate from uh, BYU. Right, or Algier, you know, exactly. Algier, yeah. yeah, Algier, you know, just a big body guy that could come in and do what Michael Carter can't, which is run between the tackles and the short yardage stuff. But they said, no, 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 we're, we're not doing that. Like, we're, we're not doing that. Like, we're going to, we're just going to go ahead and get the de facto number one guy and that can do anything and everything and can hit the ground running right as the start of the season goes and i mean he's going to he's going to he's going to beast like there's just no other way around it like if you're if you're playing fantasy football this year you should absolutely be taking Brees hall in the second round of your drafts 100 100 percent. and you're going to look like it you're going to look like a hero for doing so i predict Brees hall probably runs for over 1100 yards this season wow yeah i had a little um I guess a uh, conversation with somebody on Twitter and they said that they, that the jets desperately need to grab a one, a running back. And I, I heavily disagreed. And I was like, I don't think that they desperately need to do that. I think that they can just grab somebody to, to pair up with Michael Carter and be Michael Carter's one B essentially. And I figured that they would do that with a day three pick. And uh, this guy's like, no, 100% they need to grab a one a, and I don't think they grabbed a one a, I think they grabbed a one. No, they grabbed a one. Yeah, he's not. This is probably this is probably going to be somewhere in the range of a 60, 65, 35, 60, 40 split where Brees is going to get 60 percent of the carries and Tevin Coleman and um, Michael Carter are going to battle out for the remaining 35 to 40 percent of, of the car of the carries and snaps that's left over. But that'll keep everybody fresh. That'll allow that'll allow Brees Hall to continue punishing people well into the fourth quarter. You know, and that'll allow Mike Michael Carter to 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 flourish as his uh, in his role. I mean, you saw what he did with Javante Williams at UNC. He was the one B to Javante Williams one A, and they both were the top rushers in college football because they were both so able to 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 handle their roles. And now there's no reason to think he can't he can't continue that and even do even more. I think Michael Carter by getting Brees Hall, I think Michael Carter is a big winner from this weekend. I really do. I think uh, he should be thrilled that he's going to be able to just thrive within his role and um, be a security blanket in the passing game and um, 
you know, just really be able to continue to to run for his five, six, seven, eight, ten yards a clip, and at, you know that he was able to while Brees just pounds it, just pounds it. It was fant- unexpected, but absolutely fantastic pick. Fantastic. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. I, I was really happy that you brought up how how good he is in pass protection as well, because they don't have yeah. to take him off the field in those passing downs, and he's he's a legitimate threat in receiving as well. He's just he can do it all, so. It doesn't. It doesn't let the defense cheat either when he leaves the field. No, it's it's it, you can't. You have to. You're going to have to account for everybody on the field now. That's what I mean. Like that's why Zach has no excuses. You have you have the personnel set up with the Jets do, where you have more Davis and Wills and uh, and Wilson out wide, and then Brees in the backfield, and then Uzama and Conklin, you know, on there with the O line. I mean, where do you who do you how do you stack the box? They can run twelve personnel. They can run twenty-one personnel. They can do whatever they want. Well, with the pick we're about to talk about after, theoretically, they could try and run thirteen personnel if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, no joke. You know. Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of that pick, segue uh, right into it. La- we're going later into Friday night, and I'm barely awake at this point for myself because <laughs> I'm waiting for the for one hundred and one here, and. Now I was curious to see what I was curious to see what was going to happen here. Would the Jets pick? Would the Jets pick a linebacker? Would they pick a safety? Because it's two positions we talked about that they kind of needed. But instead, they go ahead and pick from the Ohio State University, the second pick up from the Ohio State University, tight end Jerry Ruckert from Long Island, Strong Island zone, Kyle Ruckert. And a boyhood dream comes true for for uh, Jeremy for Jeremy Record, excuse me, Jeremy Record here gets the pick. Uh, Dan, gonna slide this over to you. What do you make of this pick? Oh, I mean, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. When you're in an offense like Ohio State's, where you have Garrett Wilson and you have Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's going to be a guaranteed top ten pick next next year's draft as well there's just not going to be a lot of opportunity for a, a tight end to to really show what their ability is in the passing game but luckily for us that allowed him to absolutely learn his craft and and pass and run blocking and become dominant in that facet already he's going to be coming into the nfl as a dominant run blocker and a damn near close dominant pass blocker. There's a little bit of technique issues he has to he has to fix with that but you know, he's as a rookie tight end coming in. The the one thing you have that that they normally struggle with is the blocking aspect of the position. And he's already he's already NFL ready in that in that facade. The issue is, is we just didn't get to see a lot of production in the passing game because he wasn't needed. Yeah. You just you just didn't yeah. need it. But what you did see when when there were highlights of him was he's actually spectacular at it. I mean, yeah. he's spectacular at it. If he was, if he was at a school like, you know, that, that like, let's use Trey McBride as the example. If he would have went university to school, or, or University of Iowa, where they, where they produce right. tight ends like, uh, like, let's, like, like Wisconsin built, like it, produces centers. <laughs> exactly. Like, if he was at a school that would have utilized that didn't have the receiving talent that Ohio State did and would have had to rely on him more, he would not have been available at the spot. I mean, Jeremy Ruckert would have been uh, a second round pick all day long potentially even sneaking into the first because he's 
big, he's fast, he's got great hands, he's got great ability to stretch the seam. He's actually very good at route running. I mean, you know, as good as a 6'5", 260 guy can be in that regard. So I, he's going to be he's going to be a tight end one, and he's going to be a dominant tight end one after um, Usama and Conklin are no longer part of this team. It was it was a, that was more of a luxury pick than Brees yeah. Hall was, but it was a smart pick because you don't have to rush a rookie tight end now into playing time where they're usually not ready. I mean, besides quarterback tight end is the most difficult position to transition to in the NFL because the responsibilities you have is tremendous when learning how to line up in line at the F at the H back in the, you know, with, within the slot for some of these guys, then pass blocking then run blocking. I mean, you have to know how to do everything and it's a lot. So be able to let him be able to sit back and learn behind Conklin and Uzama while being able to throw him in in the red zone, let him get some reps towards the end of games. You know, he's going to be dominant. He's going to be stupidly good. He's going to be stupidly good. I mean, he has he has 70, 80, 90 catch, 1,000-yard potential as a, as a standalone tight end. And, and I'm so happy that um, – and then just the fact he's, you know, he was a Jets fan growing up from Lindenhurst, Long Island. You know, he's he, he has that extra, he just has that extra motivation now to want to give the Jets yeah. everything. So if he was only going to give the other team 95%, he's definitely going to give the Jets 100 because yeah. he gets he gets to play the childhood dream. He yeah, gets, I don't know who's more excited, him or his dad. <laughs> oh, his, I'm, it's, it's just, it was, it's an amazing story. It's an awesome story. You know, I'm thrilled for the family. Those videos are great, you know, to see that the Jets actually took him. I mean, that's, that's just, a, it was just spectacular. It's just spectacular. And, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be good. He was, he was my, he, he was right there with Trey McBride as my favorite tight end in this draft. So to get him, to get him outside the top 100, you know, again, it was just another, it was just another home run in, in, in just, and just a sea of home run picks by Joe Douglas. Yeah, and you alluded to it. You said you said it was. It, it seemed a kind, of, kind of a luxury pick with uh, Ozama and Conklin being signed to, to contracts this off season. But I looked at the numbers on Spot Track, and the Jets have the option. They put they basically what they are is they have two year contracts for each for both Ozama and for Conklin. They have an out in year three. So what you can do is that you can develop Rucker in year one to be a pass to be a, essentially a, a blocker in a two tight end set, but also uh, help him develop his uh, ability to run routes and to uh, be better off the ball when it comes to being a pass catching tight end. And by year two, he's a starter. And in year three, you can let one of them you can exercise not exercise the option you can choose not to exercise the option for either Conklin or Uzama and Ruckert's your default starter in year by the time it's year three of Ruckert's contract and I, I and of course I do I do I do see a tweet by Rich Samini that 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 turned the punch bowl this entire thing because he's so negative about the Jets sometimes he says that was my only quibble the Jets didn't need a tight end I'm like are you kidding me are you kidding me it's yes, the perfect time a tight to end. draft a tight end it's it's, yeah. it's, how, it's how smart teams continually build up their talent. Is right. you take is you take guys and you put them in the pipeline when you don't need them, so you don't have to rush them in. It was spectacular. Exactly. 
It was mm-hmm. spectacular. I mean, and anybody that actually – and it's not Jets bias that's saying that. I no. mean, it's it's just it's just being a football fan. You understand that. You keep players in your pipeline so that when you need to get rid of those bigger money contracts, you have the younger guys on their rookie deals that can step in with little to no loss of performance or even, you know, better performance for cheaper. It was it was an excellent move. And, um, you know, and, and – it's exactly what's going to happen by year three. He's going to be the de facto starter. I imagine Uzama's probably going to be gone because he'll be in his thirties by that point. Conklin's right. a little younger, so you know maybe they exercise Conklin. Uzama's probably gone by that point. Plus, Uzama has an injury history. Right. Uzama, Uzama has an injury history. He's not a healthy guy, and he's not young. He's already twenty nine. You know, for the tight end position. So, and theoretically, he's he's not like a spectacular tight end. I mean, he's never had like a dominant type season. Yeah. He's just and, he's a perfect security blanket, but yeah. he has injury problems. Yeah. And so. and, Ruck, and Rucker has the ability. I hate using these comparisons even though they they use a similar system. Rucker has the potential to be the George Kittle of the New York Jets. I mean, yeah, he's play just, that position. He's he just not as fa- he's not as fast and athletic as George Kittle, but no. besides that, no. He, can he has the ability. He has the blocking is. ability. He has a patch ca- pass catching ability. He can run routes right. pretty well. Those things, would, yeah. So Kyle, so I don't mean to step in here, but Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, what was your reaction to uh, this uh, this pick of Jeremy Ruckert by the Jets? Well, as a kid who uh, wore the same exact Jets uh, fake uniform thing that he had on, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I had. I either had Curtis Martin or I had Keyshawn Johnson when I was a kid. I can't remember exactly which one I had. Uh, but I definitely had one of them, so I can definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for him as a Jets fan that he gets to, like Dan said, live the dream, uh, and actually go up and play for his favorite team growing up. Um, right. My cousin actually um, just got. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready just this past year got drafted um, by his favorite MLB team, the Braves. And so just knowing somebody who's actually living the dream like that, it's, it's, it's amazing. I'm extremely happy for him and his dad. Uh, I think his dad is going to be pumped to be at all the games. Hell yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is what the, this is what the Ravens do. Teams like the Ravens do stuff like this all the time. And nobody really bats an eye because good teams stay good. Right. But the jets are drafting with that uh, philosophy right now, even though they're not technically like a, a good team yet. That that's going to change. That's going to change. Yeah, but we'll... here's the th- here's a, here's a cool thing about what happened for the first <clears throat> first five picks of the draft. You pick the Jets get the top corner, top defensive back, 
arguably. I mean, you could say my, stuff about my top, say, certainly was my top. He was my top guy yeah. for sure. I mean, you could say Stingley wasn't in the conversation, but Stingley has injury concerns. But top corner, arguably the top wide receiver. Will Williams being that's considered the top wide receiver, but again, injury doesn't cannot not be able to help right away. You get top five, top four edge. You get the top running back, and you get top five tight end. So oh, that's your top. first five better, picks to the draft. Better than top five. He was the second top tight end. He was the, he was the third tight end taken off the board, right? I think it was I think it was McBride, then it was Jelani Woods, and then it was Ruckert. Right. So I mean, but for Still. most people, for most people, after the, you know, toward we're coming up towards the end of the draft, for most experts, Jeremy Ruckert was number two, right behind Trey McBride. And for some, like Chris Sims, he was even number one. So I mean, it was uh, it was an excellent pick. It was an it was an excellent pick, and uh, the story behind it just makes it that much cooler. And don't forget Agreed. the fact that record play for for uh, for Rod Middleton in the Senior Bowl, so he had some familiarity there, which is great. Yeah, it all they knew what they had, they knew what they wanted, and they you know you knew. Yeah, after they signed the tight ends of free agency, you knew they weren't going to be taking like a second round tight end like you like you thought. So, you know, you knew Trey McBride wasn't going to be there anymore, but Ruckert really shouldn't have been there either. But, you know, I guess not a lot of teams need tight ends at the moment right now. Tight end, I guess, seems pretty set league wide. If you look at how they were drafted this year, only two in the top 100. It's kind of astounding for a position that's usually so flimsy and thin and difficult to fill. But I guess most teams just uh, wanted other things and we get to be the beneficiary of that in, uh, in the next couple of years. For sure. For sure. All right. So we're going to close things on a couple minutes. We'll, we'll have, we're going to talk about the last two picks for the jets in the draft. And the first one being Max Mitchell offensive tackle at from Louisiana. And the last pick from the New York Jets in this NFL in this 2022 NFL draft, Michael Clemens, defensive end, Texas A&M. Uh, Joe Douglas going for depth here. I, I felt like with uh, Mitchell, you kind of uncertain about about uh, um, Mackay Becton's injury history. You kind of uncertain that he'll you know, where his both his physical and mental state are at and Clemens just adds more depth and Clemens is when he's healthy there's some health there's some health concerns at Clemens with Clemens there's also I guess there was some sort of uh, uh, criminal charge he had he acquired while he was at Texas A&M I don't know the history of that but when Clemens is on when he's healthy he's one of the best players on the field and I'm kind of excited to see what he what what he does uh, defensive line can develop into to a monster on the inside or an edge. Uh, I want to get your, I want to get your feelings about this before we close up. So Kyle, I'll let you go first. Uh, last two picks of the draft. What's your, uh, what's your opinion? I'm not even going to lie to you. After the first two days, I was just like, they could pick kickers from here on out. I don't even care. <laughs> I'm so happy with their, with their draft. Um, I mean, I thought maybe they'll draft a kicker. Who knows? I yeah. Um, I wasn't surprised at all that they didn't trade down. Um, the the whole mentality that Joe Douglas had for this entire draft was trade up, get who you want, and then you know you're moving on. Basically, uh, he was he was very aggressive attacking all these positions. So I wasn't surprised at all that they, that they didn't trade down. Um, and I. Like I said, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I didn't even look into these two guys because I was just so excited about the first two days that I, I, they could have drafted my mom and I would have been pumped. 
Ms. Irrelevant, Kyle's mom. (laughs) (laughs) I won't tell her you said that, but yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mrs. Rigney. (laughs) Dan, I'll give give your thoughts on the last two picks for the Jets. I mean, Max Mitchell was a he's he's perfect for what the Jets need right now. They needed they needed better depth. I mean, Chuma, Doga, Connor McDermott, they're not it. Max Mitchell's got some work to do. He's not the strongest guy. He's got some that he really needs to get into an NFL weight room and 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 build up his strength because right now it lacks but he's athletic as all hell he's got excellent technique his hand placement and his footwork is actually spectacular and he was pff's highest rated tackle uh last season especially in the run blocking where i think they gave him like a 94 point something and again you know we only use pff when it benefits us but at this point here you, you know it's it's tough to really use anything else for an offensive tackle because there's really no statistics to go off of so it kind of helps in that regard um to justify yeah. it i have a trivia question here for you here dan so out of 859 snaps last season with university of louisiana how many pressures did max mitchell allow how many quarterback pressures did he allow i think three a little higher was it it's probably like five or six then. Well, he allowed only 13. 13. Out of, but out of 869 snaps, that's only one out of, oh gosh, uh, 869 divided by 13. So one out of every 67 snaps, he's allowing a quarterback pressure. He's 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 George, He's a younger George Fant at this point. Mm-hmm. He's got excellent light footwork. He's grading. He's going to be great in pass protection, but he needs to work on his strength. Because he's just not strong enough to be a dominant force in the run game, but for he can very easily turn into a starter in the NFL, and it would be a great right tackle uh, moving forward in the future. You know, once his strength builds up over a couple of years, but even if he doesn't do that, he's a high-end swing tackle, and that's what we really needed. Because you know, just the Connor McDermott's and Chuma Dogas of the world just just ain't cutting it in in that in that regard, and we can't keep Connor McDermott on the roster just to catch two touchdowns over the course of a year. It's just <laughs> waste of a roster spot for him. So more than Mims. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more than Mims, right? So so I was I was very happy with the pick. They needed offensive line depth. They needed a tackle depth. And he was one of my favorite guys. He very easily could have went to the third round. He had that kind of potential. Um, you know, and the good thing is he's versatile. I mean he he can he can he has been trained to play guard and center if needed. So, I mean, you can theoretically use him at all five points at the line and, um, you know, and know what you're getting out of him. You're going to get out an, an athletic, good, quick pass protector that just needs to get stronger to handle to handle the rigors of uh, the, the edges and uh, potentially interior defensive linemen he's going to see. Then Michael Clemens, I mean, Michael Clemens is a dude that uh, if, if he didn't have the off-field issues and the injury concerns that he had, this guy was going round two. I mean, yeah. if you look at his film, he is violent. He is twitchy. He is not nonstop motor. He is a hardworking son of a bitch, and he wants to absolutely rip your Can't wait. head off every chance he gets. <laughs> and that's what I love about him. And that's what I love about him. Um, you know, granted, the, so I, I feel luckily I feel very strongly within the culture in the Jets locker room now that they put together that those issues can be uh, m- mitigated. Um, through the leadership of that we have within the locker room and of the coaching staff and the front office and everything like that. And I mean, he's not even, he he has the potential not even be depth. He has the potential to take over for Carl Lawson. You know, if Lawson stays, gets hurt again, 
or Lawson just, you know, isn't the same player after his Achilles tear, we could theoretically be seeing a starting duo of Michael Clemens and um, Jermaine Johnson moving forward. And let me tell you, that doesn't sound like much now, but you get Michael Clemens up to his potential and you get Jermaine Johnson up to his potential. And that is a lethal, lethal edge combination to pair with Quinnen and JFM on the interior. Yeah, absolutely he's going to be your bull rushing edge rusher. He won't be he won't be speed. He, he, you know, all the injury concerns he has, but he's but he's tall. I mean, he's, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's a six, big dude. Six five, two sixty three. He's a little slower than Jeremiah for than Jermaine Johnson, but he's going to bull rush guys to get to the quarterback off the edge, as opposed to just being fit, just being uh, uh, quick and and skillful off the edge. He's going to be the power. He's going to just bull rush through guy through uh, opposing tackles. Yeah, and I and I joked about these these last two picks being somewhat meaningless with how good of the first two days that they had. But um, I mean, it's not a far, far cry at all to think that fourth rounders can start turn into starters year one or, you know, early year two for these guys. Um, and these are still, they're still pretty high end picks, honestly. I mean, for the jets to end their yeah. draft in the fourth round is pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to, this is a quote from uh, NFL.com from a, from a scouting director from NFC team uh, regarding Clemens. It says, quote, I'm not going to worry about him being kind of stiff in his rush because he's long and he's strong. Those traits start in our league. Unquote. His, his speed to power is, is tremendous. I mean, it's not like quite like cave on Thibodeau, but I mean, his, his speed to power is tremendous. His first step, if you watch his film, I mean, his first step is insane. He has a very quick first step, and that first step covers a lot of ground. So these tackles don't even realize he's past them. By the time he's into his third step, he's already around the corner from on most of these guys. So it's going to take some serious, serious good tackles to be able to consistently stay in front of him and be able to handle his speed to power bull rush and his ability to uh, just, just turn the edge. He is for his size. He is a bendy guy. It's not the strong part of his game. It's not like he's Carl Lawson, but he, he can be a starter in this league and he can be a damn good one. And it's like the jets have a lot of depth at wedge, but none of them, None of them are true starter, starter type guys. I mean, Bryce Huff is best in a situational role. Vinny Curry's 35 with health issues. Uh, Solomon Thomas is kind of a hybrid, like JFM, you know, defensive tackle edge type of a guy. Uh, you know, who the hell else is even there, you know, at the, in the edge position at that point? You know, I don't even, I don't even know anymore. So, but I know they have a lot of guys, but that's what I mean. Like, it may seem like a luxury to take another edge when we could have gone safety, we could have gone linebacker, you know, whatever it may have been, but I don't fault them in the slightest for taking this guy. Cause he is a second round talent. Like don't get it twisted. He is a day. He is a bona fide day two guy that uh, just happened to fall to four because, you know, some maturity problems and, and a little bit of injury history, but you know, you put him in the jets locker room with the leadership. Like I said, they have in place, get those maturity things on order and hopefully he stays healthy and that's going to, that's going to be a pick that could repay us back tremendously. Yeah. We've seen this all the time coming out of the NFL draft that certain people have character issues. And once they get into the right locker room or once they get into the NFL, a lot of the times though, I mean, sometimes they don't, but a lot of times those things, you know, are 180 real quick with the right leadership and the right mentors and stuff like that. We saw, um, I mean, I don't know, but, 
I don't know, but I, I guess about you guys, but um, all the rumors coming out about Zach Wilson and how he's a me guy and all this other stuff. I've seen nothing but a great teammate since he came into the NFL. I don't know about you guys, but agreed. That I've was seen. made up. That was very clearly made up slander. That yeah, was a team. That like was a, a team. That was a team that was hoping that the Jets would hear that yeah. and not want to take him. That was someone that was hoping he was going to fall past the Jets. That's what that was. Right. In no way, shape, or form has he been anything of the sort. He's been an amazing teammate from, I mean, just from what I've seen so far. <laughs> he seems like a way better quarterback, Not, I mean, not only on the field, but just in the locker room than Sam Darnold ever was. And I really liked Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, we were all very high. We were all high on Sam, but, you know, he just, uh, he, he, he had the wrong coach. <laughs> he had the wrong GM, oh. and it was just—it was just the wrong time for him. Yeah, it Bears fans are feeling what we're fe- what we were feeling with Darnold with Fields yeah. right now. Pretty much, pretty, pretty much, pretty much. So, I mean, to me, this draft, this draft is a solid A. I mean, all through and through. I mean, you can give the you can give the Mitchell and uh, you know the you could, I guess you could give the Ruckert pick a B plus just because you know. It's not going to fill an immediate need this year. All right, Richard you know, Samini. <laughs> right. You know, you want to, you want to, you know, if I'm going to try and take away my, my homerism on that, but I, how anybody can look at this Jets draft and not call it an A is just, is, is just ridiculous. It really is. Kyle, what's your final grade for this draft? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I would even push it up to an A. I think. If your criteria is that in order to give somebody an A plus for their draft, every pick would have to be an A plus, um, I think. Well, you're kind of stretching a little bit, but I think we're right there with that. I think they hit every park or have hit every pick out of the park. Uh, I I don't really disagree with anything. Um, I'm so glad that they didn't do my mock. Mine was a very <laughs> chill, like. <laughs> You know, this is worst case scenario kind of mock here uh, because all the mocks that I had seen were like very unrealistic and very like, oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Pie that's going to happen. But that's exactly like what happened. Yeah, they hey, made this. They made give, this unrealistic I'll, mock happen. And I can't believe that they did it. I'll give it up to you, though. You nailed. I was wrong. You nailed where Jalen Petrie was going to go. Yeah, I had a feeling he was going to go a little bit early, but I mean, I'm glad the, that we the didn't run take... on safe the run on safeties happened. So yeah. I mean, seen and seen and Hill closed out the first round, then all of a sudden nobody dropped into round into the second rounds besides Brisker and and Petrie. So you know, you knew somebody was going to do it. Houston wanted Brees Hall. Houston word on the street from Jake Asman was Houston was furious when the when the Jets took Hall and made that move. Houston was furious. Yeah, it makes and, a lot of sense, though. I mean, they don't really have anybody else at running back. That would have been a great addition for them. Oh, it was it was needed yeah. for them. So, I mean, to me, you know, that was that was the other thing too. Did you guys see the video of the uh, the Buffalo Bills fans when uh, the pick was oh, so made? Good. So you haven't, good. Seen, you haven't seen that one yet, huh, Ryan? From no. By the look in your face, oh, it was great. Some, some Bills, some there was four Bills fans that were live streaming that part of the draft. Yeah, and, if you follow uh, like NYJ Matt, I'm pretty sure like he he retweeted it. So Matt, check out his. Matt O'Leary retweeted it. There's, you'll, you'll, you can't you can't help but miss it. It's making the rounds on Jets Twitter right now. It's yeah, fantastic. It's all these us. guys these guys lose their damn mind when they find out the Jets took Brees Hall. They lose it because they were they wanted him. They wanted him in round one. You know, to them, to them. Yeah, Bruce and Joe Douglas has said, said as such. He said, "Yeah, yeah. we were we were in, willing to trade again back in the round one to get 
Brees Hall. We loved yeah. him that Buff- much. But all Buffalo fans thought they should have taken him at 23. They didn't want him. I, I was mean, they, surprised they didn't take a running back at 23. That's how yeah. I had them taken. That, that's, that's what I would have. I mean, that's what I would have thought, too. I mean, it was going to be that or corner. So, but uh, I guess Kyrie Ilum impressed them so much that uh, they were willing to, to try and book Entredavious White instead of uh, stop having Josh Allen be their top rusher. I did like that pick for them, though. Um, I, I don't know if you had heard, but when he got the call, he yeah, was telling the, the GM, he's the like, plane. put the playbook on the plane. He's and I was like, I the, like that. He's telling it to the owner, put the playbook on the plane. Put the playbook on the plane. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's a good guy to have, man. That's a good guy to have. He apparently they the video of him. They they showed video of Kyrie Elam in, in his combine meeting with the Bills, and yeah. he pulled out his UF notebook and handed it to uh, I think it was McDermott, and um, just showed him like this is my notes from the entire season of like you know where you know, what I could have done differently, where where I went wrong, where you know where, where the team went wrong, you know this that another thing, and I think he just kind of think he just kind of blew them out of the water with his like. Uh, you know his, his preparation his, exactly his, all you know all that his intangibles so i don't know man buffalo buffalo really could have i mean buffalo ended up getting james cook you know james cook ain't gonna be nothing to sneeze at but um you know he ain't no Brees hall and buffalo buffalo fans can try and spin it however they want because they're trying to say that james cook is better than Brees hall because at the moment now they have no choice but I think everybody else knows that that is emphatically not true. Emphatically not true. No, I didn't even realize that Brees Hall was kind of graded that highly. I knew he was the only running back in the in the draft that was, I guess, worth the first round pick. But I didn't know that he graded at like a 99 with like Derrick Henry and 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 all those guys that have done that in the past. So I was I was really impressed once I saw that and I was like, all right, I'm going to give this guy a chance. I'm going to look up some highlights. And then I saw his spin moves and I was like, he's nice. He's real nice. And he's a perfect fit for, for what they do. So, um, I, again, couldn't be any happier with the way things played out for the, for the New York jets. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see this offense on the field. I can't wait. Same, same here, same here. All right, gentlemen. I think this is a good time as any to wrap things up. Dan, Ryan, did you did you give a grade? Oh, sorry. Uh, a. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I give it an A. No, but it's also but it's also funny. Like you, you, I had saw a graph somewhere where a lot of different a lot of NFL analysts gave the Jets an A plus, and to see analysts give grades between A and A plus to the New York Jets in the draft is such a foreign feeling but it feels damn good i saw adam schefter tweeted and said jets brass um what did it say it said it said jets brass is downplaying its unusual compliments or something like that something along those lines and i was like even like in a complimentary tweet like the jets are still getting kind of flamed for no yeah, reason thanks 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 adam schefter with the back I, god i can't stand espn anywho anyway <laughs> Yeah, that's why I probably didn't work at the station. But anywho, um, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna send our send offs. Dan, where can people find you if they want to talk Jets? You can find me on Twitter at DTSN Jets. Dan and Mac Jones is trash. <laughs> that's a part of your Twitter. Your Twitter handle? That's crazy. Yeah, it is my Twitter handle right now. Actually, Mac Jones is trash. That's literally what it says. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Mac Jones is trash. 
He's he's absolute garbage, trash, bottom feeding. <laughs> Can't wait. Mac Jones is trash. All right then, Kyle. <laughs> where can people find you and any other stuff you wanna you wanna plug? Mine's a little less creative. You can just find me at uh, krigney89. Um, I co-host the Trav and Rigney Show, also a Godzilla Media podcast, and I also have a new podcast out called Reliving Retro where we play an old game every single week, and we invite you to replay it with us. And uh, you can check us out on YouTube, Reliving Retro. It's a lot of fun. All right. That being said, we'll be back in a few. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to No Credentials Required. Go Jets. Go Jets. Go Jets. And again, I want to thank my friends Dan Goldstein and Kyle Rigney for stopping by talking all things Jets drafts. Apologies for the long conversation. We get a little passionate when we talk about our New York Jets. That's going to wrap things up for this episode. Just want to again remind you about our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram. It's NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. And on YouTube, search No Credentials Required. Hit subscribe, hit notifications. I'm your host, Ryan McCarthy. You've been listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We'll talk to you again soon. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.